Welcome. As a Timber Shaman, the voice of Camp Nathaniel. Now, yesterday we started out talking about the real reason for this season. What does what Christmas actually mean? What's it mean to celebrate Christmas? What's important about Christmas? We talked about a few different things that are kind of controversial and talked about some people's ideas and attitudes about Christmas and you know how they saw things. But today I want to continue on because I left off yesterday talking about the simple idea of Christ coming to earth and through him it gave us the opportunity for eternal salvation. Now, my question yesterday was, who has that chance for eternal salvation? So we continue on today and try and figure it out. But going back once again to our verses from yesterday, John 3, 16 and 17, we find the answer. It says, For God's love of the world, and he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, looking at those two verses, who has a chance of eternal salvation? Well, the whole world. But you know what? There are some people in this world who don't believe that. There's some folks who say Christ only died for certain people, special people, this person, but not that person over there. There are many who believe in something called limited atonement, which I do not believe in. You know, would you be surprised that many people, including people you see on TV many times on Sunday mornings, preaching sermons, many times believe in limited atonement? But according to the two verses we just talked about, in John three sixteen and 17, Christ came and gave the whole entire world a chance at salvation. If we go on and think about it a little bit more, we look at John 1, 6 through 9. It says this, And there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, at some point in time or another, all mankind gets exposed to some kind of witness that there is a God in heaven. And we all have a need to seek that God in heaven. Now, of course, the most obvious witness that comes to mind is the birth of Christ. When Christ came to earth as a babe in a manger, that was part of that witness. There's nothing hidden that's only revealed to certain people. And there's no secret handshakes or, you know, secret passwords or anything else for, you know, people to learn so they can get to heaven. See, there's no excuse to not have some kind of comprehension that there is a creator and that we are his creation. That's why it says in Romans 1, 20 through 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth of unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shewed it unto them. The visible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. See, look at these verses here in Romans 1, 18 and 19. We see we had no excuse for leaving Christ out of Christmas. There's no reason why anyone should find Christ or Christianity offensive. 
There's no reason to believe that Christ only came for certain people. You go back and look at Titus 2.11, it says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And last but not least, one of my favorite verses, when I think about this whole idea of who Christ came for, comes out of 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And this is what it says there. It says, My little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, for he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. We need to realize something here also about, you know, First John, First John, Second John, Third John. They were all written specifically to believers. So when John says that Jesus didn't just die for our sins only, but for theirs as well, the there in that verse is being referred to as non-believers. So, so far we've figured some things out. We know who sent Christ into the world. God did. We know who Christ is. He's God's only begotten Son or God in the flesh. We know why Christ was born and so that the whole world can be saved through him. We know God has revealed himself to man and given him every opportunity to see his need for a savior. And we know who specifically has a chance of eternal salvation. And that's everyone. But coming back to my original question, what is a true meaning of Christmas? We're going to dive further into that when we come back again tomorrow.